This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. Jory and I were driving back from, uh, from Galveston. We took a few days off after, after Christmas, and we were driving back from Galveston uh, on New Year's Eve, and uh, it was nasty. I mean, it was just pouring rain and it just cloudy. I looked at Joy. I said, what an appropriate ending to this year. It's, uh, it's, it's 2020 is going to say, it's like, just in case you forgot, it, this is going to be, this, uh, my, our challenge is, as we look to this year, is that we don't carry the expectations from 2020 into 2021. And that we're not, in other words, some people are, are looking at this year with a sense of dread, that there's a, you know, what's going what's gonna to happen next? And uh, there's a, a fear there, a sense of dread. I don't want to see you carry that in. Nor do I want to see you just completely stay neutral. You know, neutral is where you're just, hey, what happens, happens. I'm just going to kind of figure out what goes on, you know, okay, Sarah, Sarah, what will be, will be, it is what it is, all those other things that people say, but oftentimes it's just simply saying, I'm going to just wait and see. Better than negative, but not where we want to be. Where we want to be is where we're expecting something good. We still have a good God. He, he still hasn't changed. He's not in heaven going, oh my gosh, 2020 was so horrible. He is not worried about it. And I believe he still has good things in the days to come. So I want us to have a, an expectation of that, and we're going to do a series called Level Up. How do we move a level up? And tied in to expectation is an expectation of God's blessings. And so you say, well, you know, Alan, I don't know that we can ever, ever impact God's blessings on our life. And if you think that way, I want you to stay with me and keep an open mind. Because I believe there, as we level up our connection with God, our relationship with him, we position ourselves to see his blessings in our life. And that's what I'd like for you in this upcoming year, where you're actually expecting something good, expecting God to do something expecting to see his goodness running after you. What's a blessing? Well, if you look up blessing, and a lot of times people think it's something that you say after someone sneezes, but it's actually a lot more powerful than that. Uh, uh, God's blessing means to, div to div divine favor. He grants favor to you, that he would honor you. God's blessings mean that he would cause you to have well-being, that things would turn out good for you, that you would see his goodness in your life, his blessings. You say, well, you know, do, do I want his blessings? I don't think anybody doesn't want his blessings. If you, if you gave a poll to people and said, would you like to see more of God's blessings in your life? Uh, most people are going to go, absolutely. Let's do that. Good. I'm, I'm glad six of you think that that's a great idea, but I, 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 I think it's a good idea. I'd like to see more. So why? Uh, with God's increased ability, part of blessings also means to endow with ability. So with God's blessings, it increases your capacity, your ability to do things. Uh, Joey and I, a long time ago, it's really getting a long time ago now. It was in 1989, we tried to, was it 89 or 90 we tried to start that church? It was 89. <laughs> Many moons ago, right after electricity was discovered. <laughs> and and the, the thing about it was, we did it without God's blessings. 
So we tried one without God's blessings. And then 25 years ago, we started this one with God's blessings. Being blessed is better. It just, it works better that way. It increases your capacity. It increases also, it just overrides some of the pressure that you experience in life with God's blessings. You know, I was thinking about 2020. and Yeah, there, was, there were some horrible things that happened. It was, it was a tough year. But Joy and I were talking about the fact that there were some good things that happened in that year too. It wasn't all bad. The fact that we're still existing as a church, that we're still going strong, that's the blessings of God. And so you can sense that even though you may be going through difficult times, yet if you have God's blessings, listen, going through difficult times does not mean you're not blessed of God. Sometimes it's the blessings of God that can carry you through the difficult times and can override some of the pressure that you're dealing with. You know, with God's blessings, it just simply makes life better. Proverbs 10, 22 says the blessing of the Lord makes rich and he adds no sorrow to it. Now, you know, you read that and you think, well, you know, whoa, whoa, Alan being rich means I don't have any more sorrows in my life. That is so not true. You know, they've done studies of people who won the lottery and a lot of them have said, one man said he wished he'd never, he'd never, he, he said, I wish I'd torn the ticket up. And this was a guy who had won $310 million in the West Virginia lottery. He said, I wish I'd torn the ticket up. He was robbed twice, home was breaking into, his home burned down, daughter committed suicide. Listen, being rich doesn't make you blessed. But God's blessings, when God blesses you, and he'll, he'll make you abundant and there's no sorrow with it. You didn't have to cheat anybody, you didn't have to rip anybody off. It's just the, just the goodness and the blessings of God. And those are good. Now, I know some of you think, as soon as I mentioned lottery, some of you thinking, Oh, try me on that lottery thing and see if it, see if it doesn't work out for me. I, I, I turned this into something good. Well, let me tell you something. If you do win the lottery, bring you all the tithe into the storehouse. Just, uh, <laughs> listen, here, here's, 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 the, here's the key thing. There's a bigger picture behind the blessings of God. There's a bigger picture for it. So in other words, a lot of times people think of blessed and they think, well, yeah, I, I won't, I won't. I want blessings. I want God's blessings in my life. I don't think any of us don't want it, but there's a bigger reason behind it. Bigger reason behind it is it makes us a blessing to other people. That we can actually be an expression of God's goodness and an example of his goodness that's out there in the world. In other words, that people see God's blessings on your life and they begin to honor God with it. There's a great verse Paul was there right now. I won't go through for the whole passage in Corinthians. And it says, while you are enriched in everything for all liberality, we call that generosity, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. When you're generous, it causes other people to say thanks. You know, I really believe that uh, we're going to meet people in heaven, people from foreign shores, people who live in different lands, people who live in this area. And they're going to come up and you say, hey, were you a part of that church in Conroe, the Ark? And you go, yeah. So I, I want to thank you because you helped support a missionary who came to our country and shared the gospel. And me and my whole family got saved. I want to thank you for what you did. I want to thank you for what you gave. Listen, when you're generous, it causes people to thank God and is a blessing to them. Years ago, when we were, Joy and I were in North Carolina and had and we'd started the church, and we stopped it, didn't work. And so we, uh, we were living in this cold, dark apartment. And I remember one day, 
Joy looked at me. She said, um, she said, you can sit here all you want. I am getting out. I am going to meet some people. So she began to get out and meet some other people. We met a whole lot of couples in that apartment who were going through difficult times just like we were. And we threw a birthday party one, one day for, for Matthew. I believe it was Matthew's was his fifth, his fifth birthday. And it was his fifth birthday, and we invited a lot of people. We, we had cake and some stuff there. There weren't a lot of presents for Matt because a lot of the people we lived with were, around were struggling. And so there just weren't many things good, but his grandparents were there, and they had some stuff. And, you know, Matt was getting a lot of clothes. And he opened one of the, the presents from his grandparents, and on top of it, was a, an airplane, one of those airplanes that's made out of light and kind of balsa wood. You put together, throw it. And, and standing right beside Matt was a, was a young man named Charlie. Charlie was uh, on the autistic spectrum. Charlie was pretty high-functioning, uh, had an incredibly amazing mouth where Charlie could cuss like someone years beyond his age. Charlie used to come over to the house, and, and Joyce said, Charlie, if you don't cuss, I'm going to give you some chewing gum. And I don't think Charlie ever got the chewing gum. He, did, he never, because he, Joy would hold the line with him. You know, Charlie, don't cuss. And so a lot of the parents avoided Charlie. They just, Charlie was a little harder to handle. Joy reached out to Charlie and reached out to the family. So Charlie's standing right beside Matt. When Charlie saw that airplane, he, he went, he just flipped out. He went, oh, my God. I oh, I've always wanted an airplane like that. Oh, I've always wanted an airplane. Oh, what a great airplane. Oh, I've always wanted an airplane. And people were standing there, and Matt was looking through the rest of the stuff and handed it to Charlie. And there was a collective gasp that went up among the parents over there. They're like, someone would do something like that. Or someone that didn't deserve it, maybe. Someone who's a little bit more difficult. Someone who's a little harder to handle. I remember my dad came back. He was amazed. He said, I've never seen anything like it. He just gave that. He didn't get any toys. He got zero toys, but he gave the only toy he had to that child. And the interesting thing was, it changed, it changed the whole apartment complex's view of Charlie. And so from then on, every time there was a birthday party, Charlie would come. He would cuss, but he would come. <laughs> and they invited him in. Listen, listen, the idea of blessings is not that we can heap it to ourselves and just so life is better. The idea of blessings is so we can make life better for the people around us. I want to share something with you, a great, a great story, just a little short story out of the, the Old Testament. It's a story that actually became a book, and I was, I was looking the book up. It was, it was about... I thought it was just a few years ago. It was 21 years ago. My, how time is rolling on. And it, the book was called The Prayer of Jabez. And so if, if you've ever heard of that prayer, just hang on, because I, I think there's some real powerful things in it, some powerful things for you, some powerful things for us as a church. It's found in 1 Chronicles, 4th chapter. It said, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. Now, this is an interesting story because it, it talks about a man who, who really became blessed, but he had a rough start. 
His mother named him Jabez. She said, because I bore him in pain. If you look up the actual Hebrew word, it actually means he will cause pain. So that was a name that this young man's going to have to overcome all his life. He will cause pain. You say, well, Alan, what's in a name? There's a lot in a name. Many of you argued with your relatives and with your spouse over what you were going to name your child before you actually came up with a name. You, maybe you told people, and they, they scoffed at your name. I always tell people, if you're pregnant, don't tell anybody what the name of the child is till you, till, till you, you have them, because everyone's got an opinion. But in those days, the names meant even more. And so you will call, he will cause pain. Now, this was an innocent baby. Here he is born, he gets named, you will cause pain. Now, maybe she had a difficult pregnancy. Maybe it was a difficult childbirth. We don't know. Maybe she was just negative and didn't want any more children. But it was a function of the fact that Jabez was named not a function of what was in him, but what was in his mother. And she named him that. But he had a desire to live differently. He said he, he wanted to, he didn't want to cause pain. In fact, he said, I, I, I don't want to cause pain. Now, I think it's interesting that Jabez didn't say, I don't ever want any pain in my life. He said, no, I don't want to cause pain. I don't ever want to experience pain. It's different from I don't want to cause pain for anybody else. And the key word that when we look at Jabez, here's the key word for Jabez. He was more honorable than his brothers. Jabez was an honorable man. This is someone who, and, and if, if the Bible calls you honorable, that means you're, you're someone who has some great character. So he, he, he was a, a man of, of character. He didn't want to cause pain for anybody else. He got labeled with a name that he should have never had. But then he said, I, I don't want to be that way. So he prayed a prayer and he asked God. He said, God, that you would bless me indeed. And I, I think there's three things we see in his blessings. He said that you would enlarge my territory. That's promotion. He said that you're... Your hand would be with me. That's God's presence. He said, you would keep me from evil. That's God's protection. He said, if you would promote me, if, if you would, your presence would go with me and you keep me, from, you protect me, then I don't cause pain. Now, on the surface level, if you read that, without reading he was more honorable, without reading his motive behind it, it sounds like a selfish prayer. God, would you just bless me? God, I want you to increase my territory. Lord, I, I, want, you to, I want your presence to go with me. and uh, Keep me away from evil. Lord, I just, I just want you to bless my life. But if you don't read the fact that he said he was honorable and he didn't want to cause pain, listen, if it was a selfish prayer, God wouldn't have answered that prayer. God's kingdom doesn't work off selfishness. And God would honor, only honor a prayer that's honoring to him. You see, selfishness and pain go together. Jabez prayed really a, a, a humble prayer, a heart prayer. He's praying, God, would you do for me what I can't do for myself? Would you help me? And I love it said, and God granted him his request. He answered that prayer. I really believe those short two verses are in the Bible for a reason. They're in the Bible to teach us, give us an example how do we level up God's blessings in our life? I think there's some things we can do. We can follow Jabez's example. Here's the first one. Don't neg put a negative name or label on things or people. Don't put a negative label on them. So what do you mean by that? 
I don't want to label 2021 negatively. Now, I realize we came through a tough year, but I'm not looking to this year going, that's going to be horrible, probably more of the same. I'm not going to name this year bad because, listen, whatever comes this year, we, we got surprised last year. We are not surprised with some of the things we're dealing with now. And I believe that God can help us. So I'm not going to put a negative label on it because I believe God can still be involved. I don't want to put a negative label and don't put a negative label on your family and loved ones. We said, we didn't even put a negative label. Well, well, giving them words they'll have to overcome. Well, you're, you're not lovable. You'll, you'll never amount to much. You say, people don't say these things. People do say these things. And labels have, have been put on people that, that have hurt them. And don't put a negative label on yourself. Now, we know our weaknesses. We know our shortcomings. We know all the areas that we fall short. And oftentimes, people won't tell you this personally, but inside, the, in the whispers of their heart, the words they put on themselves, the things like stupid, uh, can't do it, unable, poor Christian, and you, you, you name it. Say, well, Alan, I, I know all the weaknesses I have. I know all the stuff that's going on in my life doesn't have to be the biggest thing in your life. In fact, what can be, become the biggest thing in your life is what God has done for you because you belong to Christ. Look at this verse here in Philemon. Philemon, or Philemon if you're French. That the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and consolation in your love because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed by you, brother. Sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledging of every good thing that's in you in Christ Jesus. Listen, when you make Jesus your Lord, you don't just, you don't just get heaven when you die, although that's a huge benefit, but you become connected with him. And in that connection with him, there are some things that he says about you because you're connected with him that can override the labels of the past. You can begin to say, I'm blessed in the Lord. I'm strong in the Lord. I'm an overcomer in the Lord. This is in the Lord. Not, you say, well, not in myself. I didn't say yourself. I said because you're connected to him. And because you're connected to him, it can begin to override the, the failures of the past, your weaknesses, your shortcomings, what other people have said. That he said the acknowledgement of your faith. Your faith begins to grow as you acknowledge every good thing that's in you in Christ Jesus, not every negative thing that's in your past. You begin to acknowledge those good things. And if you'll stay with us, we'll be talking about some of those. And I'm doing that devotional, every, one for every day. And some of those we're going to be talking about is some of the good things that God says about you because you have a connection to Christ. Now, a lot of you have been coming. This is, our, this is, our, this is the year we'll celebrate 25 years as a church. And I, very yeah, that's a woohoo because, because without God's blessings, there would be no woohoo. We wouldn't be here. And without his help and his grace and he sustained us, we're here. And we're grateful for that. But a lot of you think you've heard all of my stories. Like, Alan, you could number your stories. We know your stories. Like, oh, number three. You go, oh, number three, that's a good one. I'm not going to number them, but here's one you actually haven't heard. I was five years old. I was standing in my front yard. I can remember where I was. I was standing there. And across the street, some older boys uh, were, were talking to... Robert Coble. Robert Coble was a kid that grew up on my block. All of a sudden, Robert Coble comes running across the street and jumps on me and starts hitting me. I, I didn't know what to do. 
Robert had an older brother named Scooter who regularly beat the snot out of him, and so Robert was kind of a tough little kid, and I, I didn't fight back. And my mother saw it. She freaked out. She just couldn't believe that I didn't fight back. I'm five. Five years old. I come home, she tells my dad. I remember he had a, it was a red pillow. He had me at five years old hit the red pillow, sock the red pillow, because the biggest concern was that I would be a coward. And without, without meaning, my parents did not mean to do this, but fear oftentimes causes us to put labels on people who are afraid. And my parents were very much afraid that I wouldn't stand up for myself, that I wouldn't fight for myself. And so at five years old, they had me socking a red pillow. I say, well, that's no big deal. No, actually it was. Because that label, coward, was something that I would have to overcome in life. It gave me a label that I would actually have to climb over. And by the grace of God, you climb over. Listen, you, you don't start a church and stay married as a coward. But, but the idea was, that was a harsh label that I had to overcome. Parenting tip. Sometimes as parents, we're afraid that our kids won't have what it takes to win in life and go, you better do this or you better do it. And, and it's fear. How different my life would have been if my parents would have looked at me and said, now, Alan, you're strong. You're, you're very courageous. You are, you are, Lord loves you so much. You are blessed of the Lord. Next time someone comes and tries to hit you like that, knock them out. In Jesus' name, knock this, no <laughs> knock them out. Don't start it, but finish it. Would it, have been, would it have been different? Yes, because that would have given me another label. I'm strong and courageous, not I'm afraid and cowardly. So Alan, I'd be afraid to tell a story. I'd be embarrassed to tell a story like that. Listen. Never be embarrassed of what God has helped you overcome. None of us are perfect. So well, what if I jump on you now? I wouldn't do it. I'll, I'll sick joy on you so quick. I'll tell <laughs> She'll take you off the prayer list. You don't want to, you know. <laughs> but you can understand what I'm saying. Don't, these labels, we get tagged with them. But thank God for the ability to find out who we are, because we're connected to Christ and begin to speak those things about our life, those things about our family and loved ones. Here's the second thing. We're going to level up on God's blessings. We need to begin to cultivate the mentality of, of being someone who's a blessing and actually practice being a blessing. I said, practice it. What do you mean? I said, well, there's kind of a, a blessing mentality. And, and to have a blessing mentality or being a blessing mentality you're going to have to have a constant resistance against the selfish flow that's in the world. It's, listen, it takes no effort whatsoever to be selfish. Just wake up. But to, but to come against that and be different. That's what Paul talked about in Romans 12, where he said, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you may prove it is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So don't be conformed. The world is selfish. They're just for themselves. They're just for protecting themselves. But he said, don't be like that. We can be different. We can have, we can practice being a blessing mentality. Now, I wanted to give you just some practical ideas. So what do you mean by being a blessing mentality? 
Listen, you can, here, here's an example. Why don't you this, this year say, you know what? I'm going to encourage three people a week or just two people a week. Maybe even one person a week. Just, I'm going to encourage somebody this week. And you know, you can, you, you can text them. Text them something good, not like you're awesome, but text them something that, you know, like, hey, I, I appreciate this about you. Thank you for doing this. You, you can tell them my life is better because you're in it. Just encourage somebody. You can text them. You can tell them that in person. You can write them a letter. Letter, that's a, like where you take a pen and, and, a, and, a, and pay. Actually, if you write letters today, you will really freak people out because no one does. And so to receive something like that, but you can encourage them. Hey, how do you practice being a blessing? Well, you can put a bill in a single mom's hand, not your electric bill. I'm talking about you can put a bill like a, a 10 or a 20 or a 50 or a 100. Put a bill in someone's hand. Find someone who's going through a difficult time. Put some money in their hand. Single mom, someone who's going through a hard time, just put some money in there and bless them. And listen, if someone does that to you, don't refuse it. Don't go, no, I can't receive that. Listen, someone is trying to bless you. Go ahead and receive that blessing. If you don't want it, give it to me. I'll take it. Just come find me, give it to me. No, you can find somebody, you can bless somebody with it. I'm talking about practicing a mentality of being a blessing. You can practice, hey, listen, you say, well, I don't have much money. You can watch someone's kids for an evening while they go on a date night or, or maybe just have some alone quiet time and they would enjoy that. You can drop food off by someone, bake something for somebody. You can call someone who's going through a difficult time. So many ways. Hey, you can serve here at the church. He's like, oh, I knew he would bring that up. No, no, listen, you think I'm doing it just to bless us. I'm not doing it just to bless me. It will be a blessing in your life when you get, because we give and live bigger than ourselves. And we live outside ourselves. We just practice being a blessing to other people. And man, that's really good. And here's the, here's the last one. We need to pray and ask God. Now, um, I, I, as, I was, as I was writing this last night when Joy and I were praying, and praying for you guys, praying for today, this really came hard on my heart. And uh, I really believe it's something for, for you. It's something for me. I told Joy, I said, we're going to do this this, this year. And it's something that, uh, that I'm doing for the church. I'm going to ask God to do for us what we cannot do. I'm going to ask God, one, to give me the wisdom to live more honorably this year. Say, Lord, give me the wisdom that I can be, be more honorable in your sight and honorable towards others. Here's the next thing I want to pray. Lord, give me the wisdom this year that I cause less pain in the lives of the people that are in my world. Cause less pain. Now, some of you are thinking, I don't cause anybody pain. People around me are causing pain. I'm going to pray this for them. No, listen, all of us, to a certain extent, cause pain. I want to cause less this year. And just a willingness to do this, it takes humility. It takes saying, I'm not perfect. It takes saying, I can grow, I can develop. But if you'll take that kind of approach, look what the Bible says will happen. So if you'll humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, that he may bless you in due time. And then as you, you pray that prayer, let, let me live honorably. Let me cause less pain. And then, Father, I ask for your blessings, for you to do for me what I can't do, that you would enlarge my territory, your capacity, whatever you're doing, 
whether you, you stay at home, whether you have a business, whether you work for someone, that you enlarge your capacity, that you would promote me, that your presence would go with me, that your presence would become more real in my life this year, and that your presence would go with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that you would protect me. So those are, you say, well, Alan, that, that, that's, is, is that selfish? Not if we're trying to live honorably. Not if we're trying to be a blessing. Now, I'm praying that for you. I'm praying that for this church, that God would increase our territory, that he would, he would enable, his presence would be stronger in here, and that he would protect us from evil. As I pray that for you, I pray that for myself, you can pray that for yourself. What you're doing is saying, Lord, I want to level up my connection with you, and I want to see your blessings to a bigger way in my life, that I might be a blessing. Years ago, when Joy was very sick before we started the ark, she realized that she didn't want our children to grow up thinking that life owed them something. She wanted them to understand that you, you want to be a blessing to other people. So she called Interfaith in the Woodlands and said, is there anyone, that I can, anyone that's lonely that I can adopt? And, the, and the, they, they directed her to an apartment complex that was filled with mostly elderly and, and men, mentally and physically challenged people, government subsidized. They introduced her to a name, lady named Miss Bobby. They said the most lonely people are the ones who have family nearby who never come to see them. So Joy and the children adopted Miss Bobby. They went to see Miss Bobby. She lived in a little dark, dingy apartment. She had an oxygen tube that Michael continued to stand on content while, while he was there. Had to kind of constantly move, her off, move him off the oxygen tube. But she was pretty much bedridden. But, so Joy and the kids reached out. And they would take Miss Bobby things. And they would talk to Miss Bobby. But Miss Bobby was an unusual woman. Miss Bobby, when she got sick, her husband took her, dropped her off at this apartment complex and divorced her. Then he married her best friend. And if anyone had an opera, <laughs> you hear that lady, what? <laughs> if anyone had an opportunity to be a bitter, angry woman, it was Miss Bobby. Miss Bobby said, you know, I, I learned, she told Joy, she said, I learned to forgive she says, I didn't forgive my dad, and he died. She said, I determined I'd never live that way again. So she forgave her husband, forgave her best friend. And Miss Bobby was actually a ray of sunshine in that dark apartment. Well, Joy went there one day, and Miss Bobby said, she said, Joy, would you, could you do something for me? Joy said, what? She said, my neighbor across the, the hall, Louise, she's, she's blind, she's legally blind. She can't see. And tomorrow's her birthday. Would you, would you get a little cake for her? And Joyce said, I can do that. We didn't have much money, but Joyce said, she just went to the, to the uh, grocery store, had them do a little cake, and she wrote on it, Happy Birthday, Louise. Well, Joy took it back to Miss Bobby's apartment. Miss Bobby called Louise, and Louise came over. She really couldn't see, huge glasses, couldn't see. And Miss Bobby said, look at that cake, Louise. And Joy said, this woman put her nose almost in the icing and began to read, Happy Birthday, Louise. She looked up, she said, is this my cake? Miss Bobby said, it's your cake. Joy said she had never seen someone so thrilled to be a blessing to someone else as Miss Bobby was to give Louise a cake. A heart to bless. When I think about a heart to bless, I think how thrilled our Heavenly Father is. When you receive the gift of his son, and you say, you know what, I'm... I'm going to make Jesus the Lord of my life. The Bible said the angels rejoice. 
You know God smiling, so happy. He's the original blesser. He has blessed us. Would you bow your head with me? On this first Sunday of 2021, if you're here and maybe you're watching online, you say, you know what, I've never, I've never asked Jesus, I've never received that gift of Jesus as my, my Lord and Savior, or I did it one time and I've gotten away from him. And I realize I'm here in church or I'm watching and I, I'm saying this is when I want to make a change. I want this year to be different. And I want to start with making sure I receive Christ as my Savior. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. We're not going to ask you to stand up or come to the front. But if that's you that I'm talking to in here, I'm going to ask you to simply do one thing. If that's you, say, you know, Alan, I, I, I want to be in on this prayer because I need to receive the Lord or I need to come back to him. Would you pray for me? Real quickly, would you just slip your hand up across this auditorium and say, Alan, that's me. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate your courage. Thank you. I saw hands just immediately shoot up. Anybody else? Say, that's me. Great. Thank you. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray. If you're watching online and you recognize in your heart, that's me. Listen, you can join us. I'm going to lead you in this prayer. You can pray right along with us. If you're by yourself, pray it out loud. If you're with others, you can still pray quietly to yourself. But pray this with us. This is, you talk about a blessing. This is the biggest blessing that you'll ever receive gift of eternal life. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. The head's still bowed. Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer. Online, they prayed it in here. Father, for the ones who have come to you and come out of darkness into life, for the ones who have come back, we rejoice with them. I know heaven's thrilled. I know you're thrilled. So are we. We rejoice at the gift of eternal life. And Father, I pray for a church, as us as a church, that you, Father, would help us live honorably, that as a church we bless more and cause less pain this year. And Father, as a church, that you would enlarge our territory, that you would promote us, that your presence would be strong in here, that you would go with us. And Father, that you would keep us from evil that you would protect us. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for helping us be a blessing. We give you all the praise for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.